he could only guess. One thing he knew for sure was that this was as close as Bertie ever came to actual flying, and she loved it. She swayed on his shoulder, her talons clinging tight and her head lifted to the breeze. Almost flying was Pablo and Bertie's morning ritual. Some people walked their dogs, but Pablo? He flew his bird down the beach. Pablo ran and ran and ran until he had to stop and catch his breath. They were at the far end of the beach now, no one else around. Only gulls, with their perpetual hunger, wheeled and cried above them, scanning the beach for something to eat. Pablo shaded his eyes and watched them. Bertie's talons clenched and released on his shoulder. Did she wish that she too could soar into the sky? It must be hard to be a bird who couldn't fly. Bertie? Pablo spoke softly so that even if someone had been nearby, only Bertie would hear him. He slid his feet forward so that he was standing right at the shoreline. Do you remember way back all those years ago, when it was just you and me? She dug her talons in a bit, her way of letting him know that she was listening. Because I don't, he said. She shifted her weight from side to side. His fingers found and closed over the necklace he never took off, his Dios me bendiga necklace. The stone pendant, with a tiny hole drilled through it, was strung on a narrow leather band. Pablo kept it hidden beneath his t-shirt. Looking out at the water, it was hard to believe that they were at the edge of an ocean. The waves were tiny right now, sloshing in and out like water in a baby's bathtub, and they tickled his toes. Do you remember the big storm that Emmanuel says came through the day before we got here? This was the same question he asked her every year. And every year, she was silent. She dug her talons in a little harder, still listening. It's that time of year, Pablo said. They're going to start in again. Bertie's talons tightened again. She was the only one he talked to about things like this, and she always let him know she was listening. Double digits, Pablo said in a fake grown-up voice. What are you going to do for your birthday? Behind them came the soft plop of a coconut, dropping from a palm tree onto the sand. The water wasn't always calm like this. The ocean had a mind of its own. If it were high tide instead of low, the way it was now, Pablo would be standing underwater. And if the winds whipped up the way they sometimes did, the fronds of the palm trees would be blowing in a single direction. Huge waves were known to roar right over the beach and up the stairs and the boardwalk. When a storm was on the way, the inhabitants of Isla got ready. Pierre nailed boards over the big picture window of his bakery. Lula closed and latched the shutters on Lula Tattoo. Maria gathered up all the animals staying at the clinic and took them to her house, sheltered by the pine forest at the other end of town. Emmanuel and Pablo wheeled in the t-shirt racks, rolled up the awnings, buttressed the double doors with sandbags, and locked up tight. But today there was no storm and no hint of one on the horizon. The breeze that blew today was soft. It's not even my real birthday, Pablo muttered. They should call it my who-knows-what-his-real-birthday-is day, my non-birthday. The day after a major storm could bring all manner of flotsam floating in on the waves. Pieces of driftwood, the smashed hull of a fishing boat, buoys, bottles, skeletons of enormous fish. Once, even though it was hard to believe, a baby had come floating into shore.
Pablo had been that baby. Two. Everyone who lived in Isla knew the story of Bertie and Pablo. After all, Isla was a tiny town, and all the townspeople had been there the day, more than nine years ago now, that the little inflatable swimming pool came floating in on the tide. They had woken to the sound of Emmanuel shouting from the shore. It was dawn, and he had been down there on the beach as usual, the way he always was the day after a big storm, waiting for whatever the waves might bring. Sea glass or unusual shells or driftwood or some other kind of treasure. Things that he could sell in his souvenir store. Sometimes he brought a sack to hold the things he collected, but not on that particular day. On that day, Emmanuel's hands were empty. At first, I thought it was a huge fish, he would say when recounting the story.